0: Kia ora and welcome. You're listening to the New Zealand Wine Podcast, and I'm Boris Lamont. Thanks for joining us for this session where we're speaking with Mike Hutchison, who has a journey through advertising and eventually owning a vineyard on Waiheke Island. Um, out in the Hauraki Gulf, uh, just next to Auckland. So right now, let's go have a chat with Mike. Hello, Mike. <laughs> hi, Boris, how are you? Nice to have you here in the studio today. Good to be here. Thanks for coming in. Yeah. So what's um, you've, you've you've been obviously involved in quite a few different things. Um, over the years and wine being one of them but um, what, what, was, what was your journey sort of even before that how did um, how did your okay. path progress okay um, uh, yeah I've got no marketable skills at
1: all when I left school I just, uh, the only things I can do are write and draw I did finance prelim at school got accepted into Ireland but never went um, uh, ended up going to law school and um, which I hated it was a very bad choice early in, early in the piece I thought it was so tedious uh, fortunately I discovered advertising by mistake um, and um, in fact everything I've done when I think about it has been done by mistake or accidentally and uh I went with a few uh, colleagues and we started up um, Colenso and the... Uh, um, early
0: seventies, we went through and uh, you know, built a good business. Uh, and that was that was a- advertising agency. And advertising agency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, my background's
1: yeah. been in advertising mostly. Yes. Although I did have a stint um, in building. Funny enough, my wife's family, my first wife's family, have also been married a number of times and uh, had a few little adventures there. So, I, 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 but my first wife's family had a building company, and it was struggling. And they asked me if I'd. Uh, um, perhaps help uh, put it back on its feet which we did um, and then I said look this is a good little company I'll, uh, I'll buy it from you but then oh, it's going well now I'll keep it um, but then I thought well heck um, I know about building now as well as marketing and uh, I set up a company called Replica Homes um, which went pretty well but it was the early days of franchising and I didn't know much about franchising and I was, I was, I was undercharging because you know, you know, it was kind of one of the first franchise building companies uh, throughout the country and uh, for about 10 years, I was up and down the countries telling people how to, um, you know, what colour to paint their kitchens and what door handles and stuff to, 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 to use. And I got bored of it. Went back into advertising. My old Colenso mates um, said, Come back. We had a, a, an agency they wanted to uh, um, turn around, which we did. It became um, Hutchinson Knowles Marinkovich. Uh, went really well. Went, 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 it boomed. Um, then some internal friction sort of fell it apart. I went into uh, direct marketing, set up a company called Marcoa.
0: And this is all. In- in Auckland or uh, well, I started or, in Wellington. Started Wellington. in Wellington, and
1: then yep. and then uh, and the building company actually was in Christchurch. The the my wife's building family company was in Timaru. Right, and I wasn't going to go to Timaru. That um, was just a step too far. Um, but uh, I thought Christchurch was good, so Christchurch was kind to me.
0: We, uh, we, uh, where were you? Were you, are you, are you? Where were you born? Were you? Oh, you so in I, was born, I was born in Matawaka actually. Oh, okay. uh, uh, yeah. My father was a school teacher when he came back from the
1: war. He uh, yeah. he he's very badly wounded, and my mother's family were farmers in uh, and just out of Matawaka, and right. uh, so uh, went back there to recuperate, and then he uh, got a job teaching at um, at, at Matawaka High, right. and uh, then he um, moved to Waitaki Boys High in Omaru, then um, to Wanganui. He was headmaster of a small prep school where I was uh, a pupil. One of the nastiest things about um, being the headmaster's son at a prep school is that you get. Uh, smoke blown up your ass from some people, and uh, and the others sort of um, beat the shit out of you. So I learned how to to be funny by <laughs> stop people hitting me um, uh, at, a, at quite a young age. Yeah, um, but then uh, my father died when I was quite young, so we went back to to Nelson to live. So most okay. of my teenage years were in, uh, in, in Nelson and in, in, in Nelson, right, yeah. the top of the South Island. There. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. so okay. then, um, yeah, I went to, to uh, university in, in Canterbury for a couple of years, <clears throat> and. Uh, Then that's when I discovered advertising, Right? Um, uh, and I just loved it, because as I said before, the only two things I can do are write and draw, and uh, it's a business that was made for me, and uh, I got a scholarship, actually. It uh, sounds pompous now, but it was uh, New Zealand's outstanding young advertising man. I got the highest aggregate marks in the Australasian advertising and marketing exams in the late 60s and uh, got a scholarship to go and study and work in Australia for a while. Wow, okay. Came back and you know, aged all of 21 and as I, when I came back the guys I'd been working with at Haynes said oh, we're about to uh, start an ad, an ad agency do you want to come? And I said "Shit, yes. So and that was it that was the start of the journey. Um, but then uh, I was there for about five, oh, for five years I suppose for in Colenso then uh, went to Christchurch to run the building company and uh, but that's about nine years. Um, but that got, kind of got tedious, going up and down the country telling people how to mm. paint their kitchens. And I loved advertising, and so the Colenso guys asked me to come back, and uh, um, we bought a company called Italia, which turned into HKM. Mm-hmm. Um, went from strength to strength, then started Marcoa Direct Marketing Agency, um, I sold that back to, to uh, Colenso, and I thought I'd go sailing. Um, I had this vision of you know, being the old man of the sea and going sailing solo around the world, um, and I did a couple of offshore races and realised that, that long ocean passages are, are long periods of boredom and short periods of terror. <laughs> yes. And I'm a gregarious coward, <laughs> so I wasn't going to go solo anyway. So offshore racing was 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 that for me. But um, and then um, I uh, for a couple of years I joined uh, with Neil Roberts in Communicato, and uh, um, I was the executive producer of, of just after that. Made Once for Warriors, and uh, okay, um, and I was executive producer of, of Made in New Zealand for a couple of years um but then Neil left to um uh, go to t v n z and uh, the uh, other partners of the committee kind of didn't, didn't want me around and' be there five minutes so um and fortunately uh, i uh, got um, uh, a job at Saatchi's um, as executive director then later managing director uh, of uh of Saatchi's. Mm-hmm. um but i'd been by that time i knew i'd been i'd passed beyond my uh, my best before date in advertising and uh, decided to leave and I had no, it's funny, I, I had no idea what I wanted to do, I just knew I was going to leave so um, I um, rang Kevin Roberts and said I'm going to leave at the end of the year and an amazing conversation with him actually for about two and a half hours But you know, I would have thought an exit conversation would have taken ten minutes with Kevin but it was great, it was quite a philosophical discussion on the meaning of life um, and um, he questioned me, as to what I wanted to do and I just knew what I didn't want to do rather than what I didn't want to do. And I wrote on a piece of paper, "I want to do well by doing good." And um, at that time, one of the art directors at a guy called Babs Christensen had a vineyard on Waiheke and my wife and I had been looking for uh, a property in you know, in the country. We'd been, we had put a, a compass in the map and twirled around. An hour and a half from Auckland um, was our limit, and. Um, finally found this property on Waiheke um put it off Rob, Rob Fennec, or Sir Rob Fennec, and uh, it's a bit of, I love what Rob's doing in and, and that whole peninsula. He was offered a fortune for by Fulton Hogan, who wanted a quarry it for gravel, and Rob said, no, I'm a conservationist. I want it to revert to native bush. Mm-hmm. In order to fund the um, protection, there's a vim prefence fence and
0: some tracks through it. He did a deal with a private native forest reserve with DOC. Yep. and uh, So that's um, Waiheke Island Wai- and the... Um in, yeah. the, uh, in the harbour here, to from Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, to yeah just so it it's, it's on
1: the south side of the island, towards the bottom end, about halfway down. But uh, Rob's just such such a prince, and, and what he's done uh, with it, uh, in turning down literally a fortune to quarry for gravel and turning into his native bush, is a huge accolade for a guy who's got a, a real conscience. Mm. But in order to help fund it, he was able to chop off these four blocks over uh, between uh, uh, five and 15 acres. It's about a thousand acres altogether for the whole, um, the whole, the whole peninsula. And um, anyway, so uh, we bought one of those. Luckily, lovely little north-facing basin. And it turned out to be about uh, two hundred metres down the road from Bears and Julie's little vineyard on on. Uh, uh, our Bay. I think that, you know, being Bass's boss at the time, he was a little bit nervous about me sort of moving in, but uh, anyway, we became really great mates, and he had the winery, and he'd always coveted this little particular basin because it was lovely and north-facing, nice, nice little microclimate. Yeah. And so he said, look, you know, you put the vineyard in, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll manage it for you and, and make the wine. Was he producing already something at the time? Yes, yeah. he was producing, yeah, yeah. Uh, Christensen Estate. Mostly uh, Cab Sav, um... No whites at the time. Cab Sav Merlot, um, and um, yeah, I think just yeah, Cab Sav and Merlot were the were, were, um, two varietals then. And so we put we planted Merlot uh, on uh, um, on the basin. But the interesting thing was um, when we'd bought the place, uh, we went home and told the kids that we'd bought this land, and it's interesting you know, it, 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 when a guy tells a story he'll start with an executive summary then backfill you know today we bought some land this is where this is why when a woman tells a story she'll often start with you'll never guess what happened today anyway and that was the, the story we'd been over to visit Rob and he'd shown us these these blocks and he took us over um, the property on four wheel quad brakes and it was just pretty rough then and Jan came home and she was explaining to uh, Paul the stepson um, you know, that um, there's beautiful little land. It was just a lovely farm track that runs alongside a little stream that flows out into the Awa Bay It goes through uh, oyoy and flaxes and uh, a beautiful little wetland out through the mangroves and the tra- travel along this sort of farm track alongside the stream and the tracks are, uh, veers off to the left, goes slightly uphill, the beautiful stand of pariri trees and manuka and lots of Nikau palms and goes past another wetland and oyoy and flaxes and, and as it rises up there's a, there's a stand of, of manuka and some more nicaw palms and and, and it comes to a brow of a hill and there's a lovely little farm track stops there and there's a pasture on the other side of the brow of the hill and the pasture runs down to the sea and on the the edge of the pasture there's a low nicaw and Paul said what? A lonely cow. I oh, that's the name, so we called it Lonely Cow, and uh, which is a corruption of. And in fact, I drew the label on the spot—a little hilltop with a cow and a um, and
0: a an kiwi palm. Right, which is a very clever visual pun. <laughs> and um, so, so just just for listeners, kiwi uh, ne- is, is a native. Yes, um, um, is a
1: native palm. In, in fact, palm. It, it's uh, um, when the first Polynesian settlers arrived uh, in Aotearoa, they saw yeah, the palm trees, and. Um, Thought woohoo, yeah, there'll be coconuts, but uh, nika means no, no nuts. Right. So, okay. so, uh, right. You know, so rather than cocoa, it's Nico, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and Nico is no nuts. So the the, the nika is a beautiful tree, um, but no coconuts. Yeah, um, no. But uh, anyway, for us, it was just a nice little, um, a nice backstory. Because to me, wine is a lot about story, and. Uh, Although I hadn't planned um, uh, to, to plant a vineyard. Uh, when Baz told, we told Baz we're looking at the land, he said, well, okay, do it. It'd be great. And I'd let, I'd read a, a Year in Provence, uh, and when you leave advertising, it's kind of de rigueur to plant, <laughs> to, plant, to, plant, to plant a vineyard. And so so, so for us, you know, Waikie Island's a lovely little microclimate on its own. Um, a good, steady, constant temperature. I believe um, that apart from the winters, the um, – both the terroir and and the climate, certainly in the summer and the growing season, is uh, as close to Bordeaux as anywhere in the world. And so it's a nice, even being surrounded by water. You know, the, the 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 temperature stays stays fairly constant. Mm. So we had a beautiful little um, uh, a little spot there and planted our vines. Only about five thousand vines, um, but we had a vintage after eighteen months because it, it was just such great growing conditions. And it's lovely, a lovely mellow. And um, uh, we started exporting to, uh, to to China, to Hong Kong. Um, in fact, I went to Hong Kong to see how it was going and noticed that the uh, Chinese were buying it, and putting it with Coca Cola. But you know, apart from that,
0: <laughs> 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 when, so when are we talking now? When oh, we're
1: talking probably uh, uh, mid, mid late nineties, two thousand, about two two thousand and three, two thousand and four. Right. We bought the land two thousand, so we're eighty-one. Um, so anyway, but, but after um, a couple of years, and, um, and we'd had a, had a couple of villages, and um, an American distributor came out, and um, from he's from Nashville, Tennessee, Robert Lippman, nice guy, Robert, but he, he's looking for New World wines, and um, he said um, he liked our label. He said um, his main competitor is. Uh, selling truckloads of stuff out of Australia called Yellowtail They got a little yellow kangaroo on it and said I like your label you got a cow on your label and we're from Tennessee and we like critter wines in Tennessee and uh, right. so uh, he ordered 22,000 22, cases and I said we'll, <laughs> we'll be lucky to do 20 but um, he said well and I don't like your Merlot he said that movie Sideways killed the sales of Merlot in America <laughs> and uh, so uh, he said could you get some, some Sauvignon Blanc so we you know, um, I um. Around and we uh, struck a deal with um, uh, some Marlborough growers and um, and labelled um, put the Lonely Cow label on on the Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc and that was uh, ten years ago and uh, and still going strong. Right. Okay. So yeah, I, I, um, um, it was kind of. Um, I mean, not huge volumes, but but it's yeah, it's well established, and uh, and this year we won uh, gold medal for the best Sauvignon Blanc in the um, uh, in Las Vegas in the American Wholesale Distributor
0: Awards. Oh, wow, so, fantastic! Uh, and that, that and that's is it still under that same yeah, label. Still under that same yep. label. Yeah. So yep. so we don't we don't make the wine, but
1: yep. and I realised then quite quickly that um, that that uh, wine is is a 3 good stool is growing the grapes, making the wine, and then marketing and distribution. And uh, I think that, and it reminded me, in fact, this is the thing that came flooding back to me when it had a vineyard. I didn't realize quite how much I hated horticulture till I had a vineyard. Um, and and, and, and uh, you know, growing the grapes and, and, um, and making the wine isn't my thing, but marketing and distribution is. Oh, and drinking it, of course. And, and to me, that, that's, that's the beauty of wine. To me, uh, wine's also about story. Um, and yep. I love, I love, I love the conviviality. I love the notion of of um, that social lubricant that wine is, and always has been. And I think that that that, that um, and that's its treasure. You can say, you know, and all the kind of criticism that we, that, that we get at um, how much um, you know, alcohol is worse than drugs and so on. But it's all very well to, to, to smoke a joint, um, but you kind of kill the conversation yeah, to sit there quietly giggling <coughs> is not the same as having a good conversation over a meal no. and breaking bread and drinking wine to be is just one of the great pleasures
0: well, well it's been around forever hasn't it, it has it's been always forever. been what, what people have done in some form yep. um, and um, every culture has that around sharing a meal and sharing you know w- or lots of cultures sharing wine and food together
1: yeah, absolutely, and, and I, th- I think that, and, and that, and that, that social lubricant, regardless of, of, of you know, what you talk about, the you know, the evils of drink. Um, uh, I think it is it, the the benefits are, are are much much greater. Yeah, because it just enables conviviality, it enables um, um, information sharing and, and, and cooperation, collaboration. I, I just um, and that to me was was just a great joy. It still is. Um, and so that, 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 for us, we want to you know, continue that relationship with um, the Americans. We don't sell any here, um, so it's entirely for export. Um, uh, the margins here are so slim, and we're so we've got so many good vineyards here, and so many passionate people. And I, I love. I love the people in the industry, I love their passion, I love um, the, the way they care about it. We were very lucky in why he could have a great winemaker a guy called Herb, Herb Friedley, who's a Swiss. And we actually made a rosé too uh, for the first couple of years uh, in that Swiss style, that very light pressing of 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 of, of the first pick, and uh, and that was great. But the Merlot and, and still got a, a few of our, f- our first vintage, uh, which was two thousand and three. Um, I said, away. I'm be interested to uh, try it. I'm going to keep it for my grand grandson's twenty first birthdays." Um, but I think that that it'll uh, all all the Every bottle that we've had has been has been great. We've gone to Stelvin caps now. First, we started with the corks, and we had a few uh, rejects, but I don't don't have having any problems at all since we've had, uh, uh, had, had screw caps. Yeah. And I just love um, I love the people associated with wine. I love the uh, the uh, the whole camaraderie of, of of getting together. And we had a great time because when you know, when we first planted the vineyard, um, I knew nothing about it at all, um, and uh, um, it was a very fast learning curve. We we got the kids over, and uh, as a family, we planted all the uh, all the vines um, and got the roots up from 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 from, from, from Gisman. Um, And it was great therapy for me to to uh, spend the weekends over on Waikiki uh, and just mowing the vineyard and uh, and keeping it tidy. Because to me, it's like anything. I, I, I like the the look and appearance. Yeah, I guess maybe it's well. My background in that, but it, I, I, I love the, the the look and feel of of the vineyard itself, keeping it tidy, keeping it mown, keeping the vines uh, trimmed, and and then so all the uh, the pruning, the bud rubbing, um, uh, and just the harvesting, uh, and learning so much about about the business at, at any stage, and then um, and even the first few vintages we uh, we tried by foot, you know, um, we had the press of course, but it was just a great. Convivial experience with friends and family, just making the uh, um, uh, making the first few vintages, which 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 we loved, and uh, so it's been it's been a real it's been a real um, expedition for me, and and one of those things that that you you uh, you learn a lot about, you learn a lot about the industry, and, and you can tell the difference between my my wife's. Um, a chef and she's got a very sophisticated palate and she knows the difference I think my palate's been destroyed by too many years of, of curries and, and, and cigars Right um, but, but, but um, and I, I know a really good wine and I know, I know vinegar and, and, and I'll know nectar um, but in, in between and that's the thing I love about New Zealand wines now it's really hard to buy a bad one you know, you, you can like or dislike certain varietals but um, I think that there is there is so many good wines uh, now it's a, it's a real joy to go into um, uh, a wine shop and 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 pick and try and 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 try um uh and try different different vintages different vineyards um and and different labels and and there are literally hundreds of course in this country but again you know, it's a it's a thing about story now, I'm not a wine snob I, but I I do like understanding what the uh, uh, what the differences are so uh,
0: that to me is just
1: yeah, it's just a great joy
0: Love yeah it. Love yeah. It. And so you're still producing the Merlot off there, no, Basin? No, no, no. Oh, oh that, <laughs> that's The other thing
1: the, 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 the vineyard actually went with the other marriage. So, so right. So, uh, and I realised that, that that my, my thing wasn't. Wasn't being a vintner um, right. uh, it was it was being a marketer, and so I was quite happy to to we kept the label, um, and so we have a, a marketing business around the loaning car label. Um, you know as I say, selling into the states, but we we don't uh, we don't produce any wine at right the
0: moment. right. Is that is that um, block of land producing wines? Uh, yes, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Just, uh, and and the, the block's still there,
1: um, and just producing for um, uh, for other wineries on 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 Waiheke. Yep. Um Yeah, and uh, as I say. You, know, you don't get a huge crop off, off five thousand vines, but mm. um, um, uh, the um, various other wineries in Waikiki are, uh, are buying some of the crop um, on, a, on a regular basis. So, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's next door to, to Padere Krii uh, over right from,
0: um, uh, over in our our bay, which and is a, g- a great place to go for a. Uh, Long Italian lunch. Yes, it mm. we're going there next week. Oh, <laughs> nice! Nice. <laughs> yeah, we, we have we have a,
1: a two or three pilgrimages a year to to Cresci because it was that that was the winery that Baz and Julie owned before they went to France. Right. And so so that uh, and so that um, Antonio and Viv, um, uh, you know, make their own wines. Obviously now, but they they uh, uh, didn't have the capacity to make for us when when we were there. But I love going over there and just walking along the um, the road a couple hundred meters and uh, seeing the old um, property and the old. Uh, uh, and the old
0: vineyard. Yeah, well, it's 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 a um, it's a lovely place to or an asset for Auckland isn't it, to get out to, um, just you know, on the ferry. It's only thirty five, forty minutes to get out to Waiheke yeah. and really, in, it's, it's well, in the, yeah, it's and it's a beautiful so spot. it's a beautiful spot, and
1: there are some really good wineries there. there, there, yes. there there's no. Um, again, I don't think I've ever had a bad. Um, uh, some you like more than others, but I've never had uh, anything undrinkable uh, on uh, uh, from Waiheke. And I think that, and, and that's kind of an accolade to the skills and the quality of the of the young winemakers. Now there's not, there lots of young graduates who, you know, who, who die for them you know, for the for the um, chance to 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 make their own labels. And yeah. uh, and and that and that shows you know, it's it's really pretty hard to to you know, to get a bad one. Yeah. Although, and, and and again, I think it's actually about like about story and and and. I've to a little group who meet from time to time, and we have to bring a bottle for a dinner, and it's usually a bottle that's outside the repertoire, the normal repertoire of any of the likely attendees. But you have to have a story with the bottle, whatever it is, and uh, nice. and that's that's actually interesting in itself uh, to, to to come along and, and just spin a yarn about about uh, how you came to that bottle or a backstory that you might have. Um, in terms of the provenance of uh, of of the wine or the, or you know, how you first met your first girlfriend when over a bottle of you know, whatever it was, yeah, yeah. Mat- Matus Rose. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, yeah, whatever whatever. ask. Whatever it
0: was. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's great. And so is there anything that um, you have seen recently in New Zealand wine that's piquing your interest? You know, so anything that you've had or is there, you know, someone that's doing something or a varietal that you've just come across that people are starting to Well, um funny, I'm, I'm, I've rediscovered you know, Um I mean, years ago, it was a, a, a good Mattaferro
1: Chardonnay. Was, mm-hmm. I d- never went past it. Down in um, the, the Hawke's the, Bay there? In Gisborne, uh, In Gisborne, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry? And then, and so, and, and that kind of went off for, for a while, or they disappeared off. It, it, it didn't, it would, the distribution was very poor or whatever it was, but uh, just in the last 12 months or so, I've seen it come back in again. And I think that the, and again, one of the problems, that, like with our own, own Lonely Car, we only do Sav Blanc and, and, um, and a Rose, but <clears throat> you get a vineyard pallet. Um, and so you, you, you just get sick of your own own, 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 own brew. So uh, it's nice to try some new stuff. And I was, I've been doing some business down in Gisborne the last 12 months and picked up um, uh, quite a bit of uh, Manaferro and I, 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 I've fallen in love with it again. Right? So, nice. So it, it, and it, I guess you, I remember you know, having been in advertising, you, you, you're always promoting some kind of product or some kind of brand. And, I mean, we've had the um, uh, Johnson & Johnson business for, uh, for a long time and we're talking about, um, so Johnson Wax business, and we're talking about uh, hair shampoo. And one of the problems with hair shampoo is, is you get sick of it, not because it doesn't work, because it, you know, it's basically detergent or a surfactant, you know, so, um, but you get sick of the aroma. And so, and I think similarly with 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 wines, uh, you go through your Sauvignon Blanc period, then you go back onto Chardonnay. Or yeah. Uh, and, but I, I I love big fat reds, uh, and uh, I think that uh, you know, something from Barossa Valley or South Australia uh, really appeals. If I can't, nothing's quite as big and fat in New Zealand that I've come across yet. But a good a good Shiraz or or. Uh, uh, or a capsev I think would be would be my favourites. Right, right. But
0: then when I think about it, um, red and white are both my favourites. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you know. I, I, I certainly enjoy um, uh, all varietals. I mean, I, I, I struggle with with some, um, but uh, I think you definitely do go through periods where you just you're almost exploring something, aren't yeah. you? You're going, oh, you know, you get a bit deeper into it, and you, you just really sort of try a few different ones and from a few different locations, and for, for whatever reason, you're just quite keen on that for a while, and then you might go off and do a bit of a deeper dive into something else, but it doesn't stop you drinking now. that. all right. Yeah.
1: No, well, see, you're right. See, this is the other thing. I, I reckon that that um, it's like craft beers. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I like trying out different craft beers now is much to have a conversation about it mm. and again it comes back to breaking bread and, 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 and sharing stories mm. you know? um, and, it, and it, it's a great conversation like, well, you know, what do you think of this um, and you're able to d- discuss it describe it and think well this is quite interesting I'll, I'll try something new mm. and as you say you're, you're kind of
0: constantly exploring and figuring out what it is that you like Yeah, um, and, pa- and part of it's um, as you say, the story, and, and when you're drinking something like that, you're you're working through or exploring what it is that whoever's made that has tried to create. Yeah. Uh, so you're going, oh, okay, they've done this or that, or and so you're experiencing part of their I suppose the 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 creativity, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and and, and just but just having general because yeah, I, mean, I think there's a lot of bullshit spoken about it as well, and a lot of because. Uh, uh, yeah, in my advertising career, I've done a lot of um, yeah, um, liquor advertising, beer, spirits, wine. Um, and I remember we uh, uh, were doing a blind tasting of beer with uh, the Lion Breweries, and, uh, and Sir Douglas Myers, yeah, yeah, as, as, as the boss, yeah, I had come in, at, at, this is some years ago, um, had come into the room while we were doing a blind tasting, and uh, and Jeff Bramley, who was then the uh, marketing manager, said, oh, um, Douglas, come and try this. It was a, a new brew that they had for guess. Like and he said, "What do you think?" He said, "No, you show me the label on I'll tell you what I'm drinking." And I think that is so much so true of so many people. It's a, a wonderful story about the University of Bordeaux. Uh, a lecturer in oenology had given about sixty of his students a red and a wine, uh, red and a red white to, dis, to describe, you know, what sort of characteristics does each of them have. The red, they thought, you know, was strong in tannins, um, um, uh, overtones of black currants and, and, uh, and berry fruits, um, long finish, you know, all the right characteristics for, you know, for a good red. The white, they thought, was thin, inconsequential, reedy and cheap, and all you had done is put a red dye in the white wine, you know, and not one of the 60-odd picked it. You know. Right. And so that, you know, so that you, can, you know there's a fair bit of wine snobbery around. And I, cause I, I often think that, uh, 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 and I often spend a yarn with people like that, yeah, look, this, you'll never try this again in your life. It was just a, one bottle we managed to get. It actually came from the hold of the Titanic. It you had know, been there for 100 years, but you know, it was just superb when it came up. You know, and it cost us $2 bucks, Yeah. Yeah, you know, each is now worth about a thousand. What do you think? Oh, it's fabulous. I mean, you could any cheap plonk would have done. It. And, <laughs> yeah. But once you've woven that story around yeah. it, and I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm not it saying that
0: you should, but but that's part of the, that's part of the mystique of wine. Yeah, and it's what it's the um, it's what it's what our mind creates yeah. before we even drink it for for what we expect, isn't it? it's yeah, like right. um, It's like if you look at something, what the presentation of food, you know, it's a oh yeah, you know, know. You, you, that's what you you look at it and you love it and it's beautifully presented. You, you expect it to taste yeah. great,
1: yeah. and and it, and it doesn't really matter. And uh, I know i certainly uh, one money um, uh, substituting. Uh, there's a, there's a couple of really good uh, méthode champagnes in in this country, um, which are, r- would rival any any French champagne. Um, and just tell people that they're drinking something different, absolutely. Sweet. And and it's 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 it 's easy to fool them, you know, mm. because it, again it 's that like you 're drinking what you're thinking, mm. you 're know? thinking mm. and, and and I think we we tend to go beyond our own New Zealand products because, as I said before, i don 't think you can get a real a really bad wine in this country anymore mm. and and I think that that it's just i guess it depends a little bit on on what the preservative is it's sulfites it you know, can lead to a little bit of a hangover, but again it, if, if it 's a moderation it, you know, it it never really it never really bothers you its, mm. it's so enjoyable just to have. Yeah, a really good, and I and oh again, I've I've come to really enjoy you know, the Gewurz or, or, or some of the more um, fruity wines now, just a, a bit of a bit of a variation. Mm. So we had a Pinot Gris the other day, which to me just tasted like a Riesling. It was just, it was just, it was. Really, on the fruity end of of of, uh, of the scale for for Pinot Gris, but it was delicious, mm. and uh, and I think if, if it's delicious, it doesn't matter where it came from it comes from or how much it costs.
0: Oh, uh, that's right. Uh, that's <laughs> right. that's <laughs> yeah. what that's what you want, isn't it? That's, that's yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. In the end, it's not about the label; it's about how yeah. it actually tastes. Yeah. 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 Well, I know that uh, we've got a place
1: up north, and the, the nearest place that serves any is a little four square store, um, but they often have clean skins and. Uh, and unless the, uh, no major brands go in there, but uh, I'll often get a, get a clean skin thinking it's probably a, you know, a bigger vineyard that's uh, getting rid of surplus stock or whatever it is. Mm. Um, and 85% of the time, you'll strike it lucky. Mm. Couple of times I think, oh, that's not good. Um, mm. But but, uh, by and large, uh, it'll be uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be, it'll be it'll a good one.
0: Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So you doing doing a little bit um, up north? You won't be planting any grapes up there, though. No, 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 no grapes.
1: although we've got a beautiful north-facing slope, of about um, probably about an acre, um, just a lovely gentle
0: north-facing slope, but I think we'll put all of us in or mm. uh, something that doesn't actually require too much tending. You know? No, no, I think it's, you know, as a, as, a, as a region, it's a bit of a challenge trying to, trying yeah, to grow yeah, grapes. The, the
1: soil's not quite right. No.
0: That was the other interesting thing about, about um, Waiheke.
1: Um, I didn't realise, but the ridge that we were on, on Waiheke and our Bay, um, and the reason I think that uh, um, Rob was offered so much to buy that whole peninsula was it, it's um, Greywacky Rock. And um, you know the local um, roading contractor wanted to buy the whole thing for many, many, many millions um, because it was the uh, best source of gravel near Auckland. Um, and <coughs> it turns out that uh, so we got a um, um, an analysis, and it's a layer of chert, which is and chert is is. Oh, um, from the Pacific Rift, um, roughly where the Galapagos Islands are, off the coast of South America, um, the Pacific Rift, and is, is lots of hot water wells up um, from you know, subterranean activity, and uh, little tiny uh, silica-based life forms, rather than carbon-based life forms, mm. grow in this uh, in this rift and in the, in the, in the, in the uh, hot water that bubbles up, and uh, they've got a half-life of just a few days, and so all this this, this layer of, of uh, of, of chert, uh, which is these radiolarians, they're called um, silica-based life forms, um, breed and die and fall onto the floor, right. and leave a, a large you know, Sometimes a kilometer is so thick. Gosh. And of course, over the last 200 million years, the um, tectonic plates have, 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 have moved apart, and you know it, it creeps across the Pacific at about you know a centimetre or two a year, yeah. but 200 million centimetres, uh, it gets to New Zealand. And then what's happened is the Pacific plate is subducted under the Australian plate, and the Australian plate, I think, is about 60 kilometres thick. The Pacific plate is about 15 kilometres thick, so it's it, it subducted underneath the Australian plate, and the Australian plate acts like the blade of a bulldozer and scrapes this layer of chert off the top of the Pacific Plate, which stacks up sort of like dishes under a dishwasher,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and one of the one of these dishes <coughs> is that ridge that forms along our Bay. So oh. essentially, it's the same terrawat as you'd get on the other side of the plate, which is chilli so, so so that that that, that gravelly flinty gravel mm. um, uh, um, is great for drainage and great for Merlot. Yeah, and a great little microclimate there, so that we had got a a rich and, and really full-bodied Merlot, mm. which is terrific.
0: So mm. very like a Chilean, right? And, yeah, too, which is yeah, quite interesting. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, we um, got to the end here, and we finish on the question that um, if you could have any glass of wine. Uh, with anyone uh, either living or dead or maybe someone that um, hasn't yet come along uh, and somewhere what would that be? Yes, I was thinking about this actually yeah, Boris, I think that, that, that um, one
1: of the person I've always admired for years in fact I used his bio uh, for a column I used to write uh, an idealogue called Democritus and Democritus, Democritus is a, a Greek philosopher you know, two and a half thousand years ago but he was a smart dude I mean see we have this snobbery of chronology because we live after our ancestors we think we're smarter than them Democritus and Epicurus um, two and a half thousand years ago um, surmised that the world was composed of atoms now how they could have known that I've got no they had no microscopes they had no technology that would enable them to even prove, or but they surmised it. And all those years ago too, Democritus believed that the world was round and that the, the stars um, were, that we weren't the centre of the universe, um, and that, that, that there were lots of other worlds uh, throughout the universe, just like ours. Um, and um, his, his, just look up anything that Democritus has done. He, he was basically, he was the Stephen Hawking or the, you know, the, the 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 Einstein of his time yeah, with no um, technology enabled him to surmise what he did sorry and when about are we talking about when two and a half time? thousand years ago alright oh, yeah, yeah that's a while and so Democritus was a really and, and but he was called the laughing philosopher And all his other uh, 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 collegial philosophers thought he was nuts. And they took him to see Hippocrates, because he was always laughing, and they thought he was nuts. And uh, Hippocrates, uh, Hippocrates, the the, father of medicine, uh, examined him and told the other guys that that they should shut up, because Democritus was always laughing because he was always happy. Right, and yeah. So he was also a great lover of wine. Right. And I thought he would be a really cool dude. Yes. Uh, probably one of the biggest brains the world has ever seen long before the Hubble Space Telescope. He knew that stuff Yeah, or surmised that stuff you know, out of just his, his understanding of the world mm. and, and his happiness and his, mm. his enjoyment of life. And he and Epicurus, of course, were, you know, we're mm. uh, uh, amazing so I, I and, think he'll be a great guy to have
0: and, and um, just whatever wine was around at his time oh yeah I, whatever I, I, see again I don't think it matters mm, uh, mm. if it makes you happy
1: it's a good thing to do you yeah. um, and you can be precious about it I'm sure that he would have had the, I guess copious um, you know, quantities of both red and white and red and white as I said the white my two favourites you know? so it wouldn't have worried me at all yeah. I'd, I'd have enjoyed the conversation with a guy with a brain the size of the planet
0: yeah fantastic Oh, that's really good. Hey, thanks, Mike. Appreciate that. It's been um, been great having you on. Oh well, I've been doing it. That's yeah, great. Yeah. So I was a But rambling, I'm sorry. But no, uh, no, no. That's uh, good. Uh, it's... I, like
1: it, it, I mean, the more you, I hadn't really thought about it or reflected on it much. But I think the more you, 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 you talk about it and think about it, it's just such a boon to mankind uh, to be able to um, enjoy the pleasures of life and, and with colleagues and
0: acquaintances and
1: family and friends and yeah, and oh. lubricate it with a. Of the fruit of the grape,
0: yeah. yeah. No, it's, it certainly makes it special, and it, and it makes those um, can make those occasions really memorable, can't okay. it? You can remember the time, and even sometimes you know exactly what you drank because of the whole thing together was was a great time. Oh, yeah, mm. oh, yeah. excellent. Thanks, Mike. Been Thank lovely you. talking, it's been great. Okay, bye for now. You've been listening to the New Zealand Wine Podcast, and we've been speaking with Mike Hutchison who has the Lonely Cow Wine label here in New Zealand, which you can find online at lonelycowwine.com. That's L-O-N-E-L-Y, cowwine, all one word, dot com. Be sure also to check out some of the other New Zealand wine podcasts where we've talked with other people in the wine industry here in New Zealand and also have a listen to some of the other podcasts on podcast.nz. And you can also find us on Instagram, just look for NZ Wine Podcast. So thanks again for joining us. Uh, be sure to listen in again shortly. Uh, it's been great having the pleasure of your company. Hey, kona mai. Bye for now.